everybody, and welcome to episode two of the Joyful Noise podcast. Um, I'm here with my first guest of the Singers Stories series, as I've entitled it. Should we, like, acronym that? Like, Singers Story Series. So, like, triple S? Is S- that... S to the third. S to the third. S cubed. S cubed. S cubed series. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hear about that. Um, so I'm here with one of my besties, Corey Reese. Um, so I introduced you myself, but you should say hello. Hello. <laughs> good, <laughs> good job. Thank you. You're so welcome. Um, so one of the reasons that I wanted to have Corey on this podcast is, and I mean, I know you hate to be complimented. And I'm sorry, but... Oh, yay. Also, how do you feel about my radio voice? You like uh, it? <laughs> <laughs> do you like how I just adopt this I, radio poster? I'm into impressions. Are you? So I will okay. probably try to emulate that later at home. I can so. do... I can try and do Megan Kelly, like, Ooh. breaking tonight on whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ridiculous. Um, but anyway, so one of the reasons that I wanted to have Corey on this podcast is one of the things, like, I admire a lot of things about you as an artist, but one of them is, like, you have this this incredible instrument that you've been working toward, and she's, I wish you guys could see this awkward smile I she's got. I literally have my hands over my <laughs> I, I'm working on taking compliments, guys. Okay. <laughs> Yay, Corey. Okay. a girl. Um, but anyway, one of the things that I love about you as an artist is you do have this incredible instrument, but it's also paired with this really down-to-earth, humble personality. And, yeah, and I, I don't think that that comes easily or naturally, I think. I, I don't know. We're going to hear about your story. But I just, I really admire that, that you are, you just completely chill and just honest. And, like, it's a type of humility that isn't like, oh, my gosh, I'm not very good. It's completely honest. It's like, no, I am good. And that's cool. Like, you know, so it's not this big deal either way. But it is a big deal. So I just think that that's really cool. So we're really excited to hear your story. Wee. Wee. Corey's <laughs> going to share today. <laughs> and, guys, I'm so sorry. But I have, now that I have a, a friend here, the extrovert in me is going to come out. So I'm going to sound a lot less like a TED Talk philosopher and a lot more like the goober that I am. Yes. It's going to be fun. I'm really excited. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to get into it. Um, but before we do that, I do want to say a few things. Um, the first is that I'm just really excited about the feedback that we got from episode one. I didn't really expect, yeah, I didn't really, it is exciting. I didn't really expect to hear that much feedback and I, I just really did. And so to me, that just, I think is not a testimony to like, oh my God, my voice is so cool or my story is so special, but it's stories are special and people are special and like. I think that there's more people out there that are hungry for authenticity and just just listening to individual stories. So I'm really excited to do more of that. Um, Also, we're going to do our little joyful segment. So, Corey, on the Joyful Noise podcast, (laughs) what is something that is making you joyful right Right, now? Right now. Right now, this very Um, second. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually, I was telling Lizzie this when I woke up this morning, I was really angry, you know? Sometimes we just were not in charge of that. And then I had a really great uh, lesson to where I was able to channel that anger into what I was singing. Mm. And it was just a complete release. And now I genuinely feel like all of that anger is gone. Yeah. And like, 
there's a lot to be said. I mean, obviously that's super loaded, right? But it's just really, <laughs> it's really nice that you can just take that emotion, put it into something, and now you're like, I've I've experienced it um, through music, and now I'm done with that. I put it down. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah, that makes me really happy because let me tell you, I was ready to fight. This is yes, what man. <laughs> That's awesome. Corey's one of the most aggressive people I know generally. So, yeah, yeah, I'm joking for those that don't know. Corey's like one of the most even keel. So, personally, (laughs) there's like part of me that's maliciously enjoying that. Well, anyway. Also, if I if I burp into the microphone, we're not editing it out. It's staying because I'm not going to pretend. We had lentils and rice for lunch. Exactly. Well, and she's but... working on learning how to burp on camera. <laughs> we're and trying here. Like people. singing, it takes practice, right? Exactly. So. <laughs> we're going to add that. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, wow. Um, so something that's making me joyful, um, I, again, I, I already kind of mentioned this, but truly having the amount of people that have reached out and said that this this thing was encouraging to them. Um, I, I even had some people communicate that that it made them want to start singing again. Singer burnout wow. is something so real. so real. It's so real, and it's it is an epidemic. It's, I mean, oh gosh, and that's part of the reason why we want to talk with this podcast is to address singer burnout. Like, we've all been there, but. I think that part of the path to healing is reconnecting with the joy of singing. And so that's why we talk about singer stories and the, yeah. the good things, the hard things, and the things that um, shape someone's voice. It's an amazing thing. Right, and realizing, too, that the season is it's just temporary, right? right. The burnout is just a season, and it'll change. So cool. you just have to ride through it. I'm going to say this into the mic. Corey, you might want to get a little closer to the microphone. Okay. Because you're a little soft-spoken and I'm not. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> I also have really small handwriting. So I don't know what that does about me. I have really, like, my my handwriting is almost hieroglyphics. <laughs> like I if there's a study about that. There is totally a study about that. like, connected to people's. Yeah. But what about their singing voice? Ooh. I'm sorry. Grade A nerd. <laughs> no, I mean, that's. Well, Can't wait to, like, scour Jay's store later. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get into it. We're going to get into story time, I swear. But yes. I will say this. So. One of the cool things about the human voice I think is so interesting is that the better I know somebody, like, I can I can hear elements of their personality and even things that they struggle with in their voice, depending on if they're in a healthy place or not. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Corey's like, don't tempt me with a good time. I analyze people all I the time. I overanalyze. I wish I should give, give some of my analytical brain to someone else. If you need one, send me your Venmo. I will send it over. So Shameless plug here. That's incredible. All right. Let's get into it. I'm really excited. Yeah. Okay. So, Corey. Yeah. Wow. When did you start singing? Um, Definitely. Actually, I really remember being in the back of my parents' minivan on the way home <laughs> from Florida. My grandmother lived in Florida for a really long time. And I really liked Reba, Reba McIntyre. Okay. You know the song Fancy. Here's the one chance, fancy, don't let me down. Can you say that into the microphone again? Oh, yeah. Here. You know, Fancy. Here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down. <laughs> yeah, yes. so I remember that day I was a a tot, you know? Like, <laughs> between the ages of six and eight, and my parents were like, those were the right notes, you know? Oh, wow. like, <laughs> Our daughters yeah, are legend. Um, right, and both of my parents are music educators, and I grew up in a musical household, which is, you know, 
not a lot of people didn't so I was always encouraged to sing along with the radio even louder than the radio that's why I never know the words to songs <laughs> <laughs> I sing over the radio you made up your own <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so that was when my parents were like oh okay she sings so you know I was in, I would sing solos for church I went to a really small church there was no choir and in high school it was Corey Corey was the choir it was just me I was like <laughs> started getting comfortable with like leading church music when I was like nine <laughs> ten you were years the old. Of oh yeah old. and I had like horrendous stage fright and oh, my wow. parents would just put me up there anyway just over and over again to get used to it and, and and I resented them obviously for it for a while but now thinking back to it it's like if they wouldn't have done that like how would I have like known I liked being on stage right that is so interesting because again one of the things that I think is super cool about you is that you do have a a chill factor to you when it comes to performing and like if you do make a mistake it doesn't derail you and like it it doesn't (laughs) and like I and then that sounds like so obvious but for so many people it's not it's like I made a mistake I am quitting the industry we're just, we're, we're people, we're not robots. No. And our technique carries us through, you know, but sometimes we're tired. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes we've been rehearsing an opera for five months. And it's final <laughs> dress tired. and you're tired, baby. <laughs> so, yeah, so oh, man. it was then, yeah. and then we didn't have high school and choir, but my dad is actually in a, a band of retired band directors you know, creatively called the directors. Um, <laughs> and so I would That's sing awesome. gigs with them. Okay. So I grew up singing like 70s, 80s rock. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> For the listener's sake, I'm learning all of this with you. So I don't know Corey's story at all. Truly I'm an just... onion. It makes no sense. Like oh, the, it's there is great. no lineage. Like it's just. It's... So you, you went from Reba to Capelmeister to rock star, is what we're saying. Yes. Okay, great. Keep going. Yeah. Right. So my dad would be like, come sing harmony with me and my, you know, 55 year old buddies. And I'd be like, yeah, sure, let's do that. That's awesome. So then I went to college. And I was like, I'm gonna try out for the choir. Um, (laughs) When was this? How how long ago was this? Oh gosh, I mean, please expose your age. Oh, I'm 28. Well, I don't feel weird about that at all. Uh, Ten years ago, right? So I'm ten years removed from high school. Okay, that's terrifying. Um, (laughs) But so I tried out for choir. unable to access my head voice right we only sing in chest we had like an octave and a few notes after that but (laughs) that was pretty much it and he was like i think you're a soprano and i was like i don't know but whatever so i I wanted to be a part of a group i had never sung in like a big group setting right so that was really exciting for me so i was taking what i could get right so yeah and then i was uh 20 20, 21, once I got out of um, being a math major. So you were, you, were, you were a math major. So I was undecided for a year, and then I was like, oh, I've already taken three math classes, so I'll be a math major. I don't know what I was planning. I didn't want to teach math. I don't know. You what... didn't want to be an accountant. <laughs> an accountant. An no, accountant. I did not <laughs> want to be an accountant. Uh, I don't know what I wanted to do, and I still am just like, what? I, just taking it in as life throws it at me is, is a better way to, and then planning is what I'm realizing now that I'm 10 years removed from high school. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so I was like, I'll just be in the choir. And then he started requiring everyone in the, uh, I guess, I don't want to say elite choir, because that sounds really snobby, but like... Varsity team? Yeah, listen, right. So this is varsity. Uh, varsity <laughs> choir. <laughs> um, to take six Singing lessons. is a sport, guys. It is. I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't, don't tell me otherwise. Okay. Um... Yeah, so I had to take voice lessons to be in the choir, and I thought, okay, whatever, because I was just making these noises, right? There was no technique. I was just like, we're just squeaking them out, you know, just doing whatever. We were doing the Reba thing. Yeah, right? Yeah. She's a great singer. (laughs) She is. You know, like, (laughs) big fan of Reba. (laughs) Anyways, so I take my first voice lesson, and I'm like, oh, this is... This is, this is it. Bye, math. Like, <laughs> see you later. Bye, math. Uh, yeah. The rest of us did that, like, as soon as we didn't have to take math anymore. So, I don't know. Some of you are like, guys, I love math. Um, yeah, I got yeah. to calculus four, and my instructor <laughs> was like, hey, if you don't have 20 hours a week for homework, um, you might as well drop the class. And I was like, well, I'm in choir. I don't think you understand. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I knew I did not care that much about math. <laughs> And you were a sophomore or junior? Almost a junior. Almost a junior. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so anyways, uh, yeah. That's when I started. That's me to my first voice lesson. Wow. So first voice lesson, you were 20 or? 20 or 21. Honestly, 20 or 21. I don't remember. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. I had just kind of been winging it. I have a really good <laughs> ear, and I'm like, I can make that noise. <laughs> I shouldn't, but I can do it, right? It's awesome. That's so, incredible. Yeah. So, okay, you had your first boys lesson at 21 after a long, arduous journey through mathematics. It's ama- it's, it's amazing. Seriously, calculus four. Bah. Wow. <laughs> Coming soon to Netflix. Netflix original series <laughs> from mathematician to musician. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Barely. We'll call it that, but. <laughs> well, okay, so, well, well. I have like a bubble in my throat, so my voice sounds weird. Hang on. <clears throat> and we're back. Thank you, back. Um, <laughs> thank you, back. Um, gosh, what was my question? It was a thing, I swear. Um, so I guess when you said earlier that you only use chess voice in choir, and then your choir director's like, I think you're a soprano, and you're like, hmm, bet. Well, I guess I don't want to jump the gun. Oh, we're getting okay. To that. Go for it. Well, Okay, so you're messing around with Medso Rep now after playing Juliet last year. I feel like we're really jumping the gun. Yeah, literally that. like six months ago. Uh, I don't know what day. Six months? I don't know. It's it the was ninth in, month. It was in February. I so, don't know. Yeah, we'll go six to seven months ago. I sang Juliet, which was a pretty high soprano role, and in that role, my teacher was like, "Maybe you're a mezzo. I don't know. Let's try this on. See if you feel com- more comfortable singing that." And so we did. Um, what I freaking love about that whole journey for you and for Demi, actually. Demi will be on this podcast soon. Stay tuned. Yeah. Um, but, you know, me, Demi, and Corey, we all hang out a lot and just have a good time. It was great. Mm-hmm. Well, one day, Demi and Corey are like, Lizzie, we have something to tell you. And I'm like, oh, God, like, what happened? Are you guys okay or whatever? And and it's like, um, Demi's like, I think I'm actually a soprano. And Corey's like, I think I'm actually in med. And just so we're clear, it is as dramatic as she is telling. Oh, of course, yeah. And I was like, I was like, okay, we can get through this, guys. It'll be fine. Yeah, like, I, I, I can accept you as either or, and yeah. we'll be good. <laughs> right. So when I was in choir yeah, too, yeah. I would sing like 
soprano one or two, and then he would be like, oh, we need you on alto two today. And you're like, but go Yeah, I I just didn't care. I was happy to be a part of the group because I didn't have that in high school. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, wherever you need me. Yeah, and Dr. Gary Packwood, who was my choir director at Mississippi State, like if he was like, go run your car into a bridge, I would do it. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was I wasn't in choir until college either, but I was definitely a lot more high maintenance about it um, mm-hmm. because again, that's I think further evidence that I'm a true soprano and you're a mezzo. Yeah, there it is. Because I'm like, I need to be either a first or a second soprano because otherwise my voice will break. So thanks. <laughs> Actually, I think the moment that I knew I was a mezzo was Lizzie is incredible with makeup and hair. <laughs> and she was doing my hair and she just she like couldn't get it right. It was just like a week out of the performance <laughs> and she was freaking out and. I I was like, why was I freaking out? I freaked out, oh, sorry. Because she just like couldn't get it the way that she wanted it to be done, right? And like we're singers and, and artists. There's a, a part of all of us that's a perfectionist, right? So she was freaking out and I was like, Lizzie, I like the pictures have been taken. I don't <laughs> care what it looks like today. <laughs> the actual performance, I don't care what I look like as long as the perfection was preserved in time. And the photos look great. The photos you know? did look great. Yeah, no, I think it was like it was final dress and you were just like, I, I just can't figure it out. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, <laughs> there I mean, and this is the thing though. I mean, I don't trust a show where the um dress rehearsal is not a disaster. Like it, yeah. it has to be. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's the the thing. But anyway, oh my gosh, we're getting derailed, and I'm fine with that. But let's, sorry, let's go back. So okay. you take your first voice lesson at 21, yes, and 21. then your entire life trajectory yeah. changes. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, you know, my parents are musicians, right? So they had no problem with me being like, hey, I think I want to go into music. They were like, well, yeah, we were just waiting on you, right? Like, they knew. But uh, yeah, that was pretty much, I was hooked. Mm-hmm. I I really, uh, especially growing up, singing rock and, like, country music and, like, just popular stuff on the radio. Opera was hard. Really? Classical singing was hard, and I love a challenge. Like, the, you know, <laughs> like, and I, I, it was something I could, like, pop music and country music just always came so easy and so naturally to me that I never really had to work on singing that mm. kind of, you know, I hesitate calling it repertoire because I didn't sing it for anyone I was just in the car you know but like I just never had to work on it and so when I finally got something I could like sink my teeth into and like study languages and stuff I was like this is just like Hmm. it was blowing my mind I was like people do this is amazing and I just yeah I just committed from then on I was like yeah this is this is what I'm supposed to do right so did you major in you, you majored in music education. Yeah, right? well, yeah, so my parents are, you know, pretty cool, but they were like, you need to get a job after you graduate. <laughs> you need a job. So, like, go the education <laughs> route, right? So, yeah. Yeah, but... And so did that extend your uh, time at college because you changed your major? Yeah, so I also have um, a degree in psychology. Oh, yeah, that's right. She double majored, guys. This woman's a machine. I'm not joking. It was just because I was there and I was just (laughs) hanging out. I was like, I think I'll take a class in this. That sounds good. And my parents didn't care. (laughs) So, you know, they just were like, that's the the baby of the family. Go ahead, Corey. She's just interested in too many things. She's taking so many classes. (laughs) So, yeah, I actually have it. It hasn't changed, by the way. No, no, it hasn't. <laughs> so, I have a degree in psychology, and then I have a minor in French and a minor in math because I had, you know, a year's worth of math classes already. So, wow. You know, just claim your minors. <laughs> That's what I did. That's what you did. Okay. Yeah, so it took like seven years to graduate undergrad. Wow. With all of that together. 
Seven years. Yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah, and you so know, you were I used like to feel super weird about it, super, right? Super, super duper senior. Oh yeah, yeah. You and were I like just this, like didn't this... care. You know, of course you I didn't. was just like. <laughs> You didn't. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's a part of you that does feel that kind of like, oh, my friends have graduated and like that I made when I got here and like moved on. They're working. But I just never, I don't know, mm-hmm. cared about that. I was like, I'm taking classes that I like. I'm in a perf- like a degree that I like. I'm in a choir that I love. I just, I, I don't care. So. And do you think that extra time helped you as well? Because again, you didn't I mean, I didn't start training much earlier than you as mm-hmm. far as, like, life timelines are concerned. But do you think that staying longer gave you some time to train with your voice teacher and, like, build up this classical voice that you recently discovered? Uh, definitely. Uh, more than that, I feel like I just had time to adjust as a person. I see. Okay. <laughs> like, as a human being, I had... <laughs> we love that. ...figured out my footing by the time I was done in undergrad, and I feel like, you know, when people graduate on time and in four years, they get out and they're like, who am I? Mm-hmm. What if I just didn't have that. Um, hmm. and, I, and I did have a little bit of, like, internalized shame of, like, I should have graduated already, or, like... You know, there was a little bit of that there. I tried not to care about it, but, like, there was a little bit of that there. But, like, I had personal footing that I know a lot of people don't have by right. the time that they graduate right, undergrad. Right. So I just didn't – I never saw it as a negative thing. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool perspective to have. And, it, I mean, and it shows, again, because, like, yeah, you're right on time for where you're supposed to be. Yeah, and exactly. And that's, like – I just want to say that, like, we have, especially in American culture, I think, this idea that you have to graduate from high school at 18, you have to go straight into college, you have you to have graduate. You have to know exactly what you want to do. You have to know to exactly what you want to do. And please, by all means, get $120,000 in debt to the government, you know? Right. Like, that's a good idea. Let's, like, you know, let's ask an 18-year-old who can't even legally buy alcohol, like, let's uh, tell them, hey, can you please decide what the trajectory of your life is going to be? It's like, no wonder people have anxiety. Yeah. You know, versus just taking and life. And they get out at 22 and they start their job and they realize that they hate it. Yeah. <laughs> or they, and like, there's absolutely no shame in moving back in with your parents. Absolutely not. No. But at the same time, I think that there was also a shameful stigma with that. Yeah. As well, like, you're a failure if you didn't immediately step into the game. Like, first of all, life is hard. And life is long, and, like, it throws so many curveballs at you. I think if you cling to this bullet point idea of what your life is going to look like, A, you're going to be disappointed because it never goes that direction. Okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, it doesn't. No, no, you're right. And especially in, like, classical music, too, right? Yeah. I mean, do you know that many 24-year-olds who are working in classical Mm -hmm. music? No. The timeline is longer, and Mm -hmm. you have more time. And for some people, that can be reassuring. And for other people, that can be really, like, anxiety-inducing. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm not going to start working until I'm 30, but I, you know, graduated with my master's at 24. What do I do for six years, you know? You grow. You yeah. find out who you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. And it's also, too, just, like, even if the timeline, let's just say for a second that it was normal to get a job, to yeah. book a job at 24, which, by the way, if you are a 24 opera singer out there working, I commend you. Work, I girl, applaud yes. you. Or guy. Your you know, guy if friends. you're a guy, you probably are working. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a different conversation. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Anyway, all that to say, like, even if it was normal to start working at 24, like, 
what's normal for somebody else, quote unquote, might not be your path or your story or yeah. your version of normal. Like I wasn't, right. I was a musical theater major, wasn't in a musical till I was 20. Like some people just, it just, you just grow at a different pace than someone else. And that's yeah. totally fine. Um, so you graduated what year and how old were you? I think I graduated twenty spring of twenty eighteen, and I was twenty six. Sweet, yeah, okay. So obviously, I met you here at the University of Mobile. Shameless plug. Hey. Um, when I was twenty seven. When you were twenty seven. Yeah. So, so what I happened? took a semester off after I graduated from um, undergrad because I was thought I thought I was going to a different college, um, and I when I went to audition there, I just didn't have awesome feelings I didn't have bad ones but I didn't have like I didn't go there and think this is it Mm -hmm. like this This is is, the right fit yeah and it was a very competitive school and that for that (laughs) (laughs) that is something I still have to work to tap into uh the competitive spirit but do you you really have to though like is that necessary I think so okay I think so. I think so. I mean, all of this is opinion, but I think that this is, you know, a competitive field. Yes. And but I like to think of it as an energy source that I can tap into and then put back down. That's right. Okay. okay. I don't need to put it on and wear it like these. These are my. This is my competitive outfit, mm-hmm. and this is my only or my competitive hairstyle that I wear forever now. Right. I like to think of it as like a little pocket mm-hmm. that I can pick up when I need to, and then put it back down. That's fair. So, that works. Yeah. And I think for me, that was what I was getting hung up on because I found, and I've, I've been in this position before and, mm-hmm. and it's not sexy. It's not cute. No. It's not. I mean, but when you're, when you're constantly competitive and you're seeing your fellow artists, your peers and your colleagues as, uh. as competition rather than people, like it makes you feel hostile. Oh, it yeah. kicks in the fight or flight response. And like, how do you sing from there? You, you can. Know? <laughs> like, you can, but it's not gonna be fun. And it's and you're it's gonna, gonna be hard work instead is. of something that just comes out of your body. You and, know. And it puts up, I would say, a barrier for connection with other artists. And like, that's yeah, the thing. For sure. Yeah, it's the singing itself is such a collaborative thing. Like, you have to collaborate with your pianist. You have to collaborate with your audience. You have to collaborate with each other. And if you have, if you are your own island of artistry and you don't know how to connect to other people and learn right. from them what are you doing what are you doing yeah <laughs> yeah you're your own echo chamber of insecurity and singer singing isn't fun so yeah no not cute I can't imagine I mean I, I definitely think I have tapped into the competitive energy and then mm-hmm. like kept it on for too long right like I kept my competitive vest on for too long mm-hmm. and I could literally see it drawing people away mm-hmm. you know wow. and like I'm overly analytical right so like I don't know like a, a healthy a- analytical brain probably would have just been like it's fine but my brain was like no I can see people being like why is she acting like oh, that I think that that's good though you know no I, I every experience that I've had I'm glad I had yeah so um I mean, yeah. I've almost, I've almost ruined friendships. Like you, thank it's God, so easy you, to do in the singer world, right? Uh, You're like, oh, what does she have that I don't have, or what do they have that I don't have? Why did they get cast and I didn't get cast? And it's like, because it's not meant for you, girl. I don't know what to yeah, tell you. Yeah, yeah, and you it's have like, something else to do. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it doesn't define you, but it's. I mean, yeah, it just, I, mm, that's a, that's a different story. I'm just glad you didn't. I can still be a diva, okay? I think a little... Everybody can, but it's like energy you tap into. Yeah, you have a diva pocket rather than that being your identity. You didn't know, like, full-time, like, intern-level diva, like... 
Lizzie, Diva, like, like you think Lizzie Karen energy is bad? Like, D- Diva Lizzie, we don't, we don't, she doesn't we don't know, know her. We no. don't know her. I mean, I do know her, and I deleted her number and blocked her on good. Facebook. It's fine. That's anyway. good. Um, well, and I just think that there's so much of that in the singer world already. Mm-hmm. And I will say that, like, I started taking voice lessons at 2021. 20, Honestly, I just don't really recall. Um, <laughs> when matter. age I was in my teacher at the time um I was like hey you should go do this program in New Jersey you should go spend a month of your life in New Jersey area <laughs> I've been taking lessons for like six months and yeah it's like just go sing in New Jersey just go sing in New Jersey and I was like okay <laughs> right like I didn't care so I auditioned for the program and I got in and I got there and I realized that everybody cared way more about this than I did <laughs> And I mean, like, they were, you know, and I just, like, I was so young, and I had only been taking these lessons for, like, six to eight months. I love it. And they were, like, I don't know, the girls there were, like, catty to me about, like, my diction and stuff. And I was, like, I haven't even taken diction classes at this point, right? You don't think you understand how. And so I just, like, on a whim got into this program and was, like, sure, like, I'll go sing Pamina, fine. I you sang Pamina? I haven't sang any German. You sang Pamina <laughs> at six? I, no, I was 20, 21, yeah. So I get to this program, That's and they're incredible. all, and like, they're mad at me, right? You know, because it's like this baby from... Mississippi. Oh, and that's just like a whole other story, right? <laughs> and they're just like they're angry at me because I don't know the German very well, and, and um, got I wasn't as pre- here, right. People. And I wasn't as prepared as I should have been, but literally but not knowing better, right? I, I you were a singer toddler, like you didn't know. <laughs> dumbfounded, <laughs> and like that, I ended up making friends, but like I just didn't know that that's <laughs> how it was. So I think I made the conscious decision, and I will say it is conscious. To, to be like, that is never going to be me. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. That, like, I had such a negative experience with it, you know, wow. being young and being cast in this role and being from Mississippi when everybody else was from up north and mm. being uneducated or, you know, mm. this just being my first year in classical singing. I mean, like, it was just, yeah, I made the conscious decision from then on. I was like, that is literally never going to be me. Because hmm. I think it easily can be, yeah. right? Every, everybody's, like, had that moment where somebody gets a role, and you're like, why would they put that person there? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, it's none of your business. Yeah, like, yeah. That'll preach. Yeah. That's you're not like, a casting director. I know. Yeah. So. It's like, here's a little sweet little cup. Of right. Get over yourself. Love you. Go my, take a nap. My yoga fine. teacher always says, stay on your own mat. Mm. Yeah. So anytime too, because I mean, I, those feelings creep in. We're human, and our voices are very deeply personal to us. So, anytime that starts to set in, I'm like, stay on your own mat, and like that, that can leave the body. I love that. Yeah. So we decided to divide this conversation into two parts because Corey has so many good things to say, but we wanted to try to keep these episodes at around 30 minutes. So, we really hope you enjoyed this first half of the conversation. Stay tuned next week for the other half where Corey gets into things like pineapples, getting stranded in Costa Rica, um, and finding grad school and her tribe. So, I'm just really excited for y'all to hear the rest of it. Um, And we really hope you enjoyed uh, this week's episode. Um, Yeah, and stay tuned for more Joyful Noise.